0: Welcome to Cinemazing Chats. This is episode seven, Con Air, and I'm he- and I'm Erica, and I'm here with Pablo, my friend.
1: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we saw this amazingly America movie. Yeah. Which I was really surprised that it wasn't directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> for some reason, I just assumed it. Happened.
0: There are multiple cool guys. Don't look at explosions or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah, that was my, like, main memory of this movie, too. Just that scene where Nicolas Cage leaps out of that exploding hangar <laughs> while the music swells around him.
0: <laughs> Actually, if you Google image search Con Air, there is one of him running from an explosion. And then there's also that scene of him um, about 16 minutes into the movie with a lot of fans blowing on his hair. And he's like, Whoosh.
1: <laughs> there's also that. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Nicolas Cage wears some pretty amazing hairpiece in this movie. (laughs) I don't even know. It's so
0: real. That's his real hair, Pablo.
1: Yeah, it's a real. (laughs) I had this kind of fan theory that maybe he had that hair because of his, uh, he's planning to be in a Superman movie around that time uh, that Tim Burton was directing. Mm -hmm. And they were going to do the Death and Return of Superman storyline in which Superman has a long flowing locks like that, like a mullet. (laughs) <laughs> so i kind of figured that instead of doing that movie he did this one and he decided just to keep the mullet let's hope so it's about how action it was
0: and yeah i noticed like his arms are really beefed up in this film so he was definitely like working out
1: right this movie really tried to make a compelling case for Nicolas cage as an action star and i still don't quite buy it even though he's gone on to like be in a lot of different types of action movies <laughs> Like Bangkok Dangerous.
0: Kind of almost looked like Trogdor to me from Homestar Runner, like with the big arm. And then kind of like...
1: Yeah, he was exactly like a muscly... Yeah,
0: but kind of like stuck on like a regular Nicolas Cage body. Like he still seemed kind of small or something. So I just felt like he just had these huge arms.
1: Right. Well, I just don't... I just can't really buy Nicolas Cage as an action star. Like, I feel like he has the persona more of like a Jimmy Stewart type. Which I guess Jimmy Stewart was in Westerns too, but I just don't see him being the kind to like, leap around and shoot people.
0: So. Oh, I don't even know who Jimmy Stewart is, but... yes.
1: <laughs> that guy from It's a Wonderful Life. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Oh, and then at the beginning I was just like, "Oh, of course, of course Touchstone produced this movie, who else would have touched it? They're like, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll have it. Yes. And then there's the epic lightning charring logo, which is the Jerry Bruckheimer company.
0: Oh, yes, but I wanted to say a little bit just of background on Con Air. Just like we chose this film partly, at least a lot, because um, it doesn't, it's not a magical realism film. (laughs)
1: That's true, it's a severe departure from our other movies we've done, although, um, so the director of this, Simon West, was the one who also directed Speed. Mm. And went on to be sort of infamous for doing, for directing Speed 2 as Oh
0: well. god.
1: Oh, and he also directed Twister.
0: Holy shit, these um, are all terrible so, films.
1: Yeah, so he had sort of like a shitty hot streak there for a second, and I feel like Conair might have been like both the Apex and the Nadir. <laughs> there was no coming back from Con Air for any Wow,
0: one. okay. Well, with that, let's get into the film, then.
1: I will say that I did really like um, John Malkovich's uh, performance. He was really good. He really relished the villain role in this one. <laughs> sort of mustache twirling and doing the most evil thing possible.
0: Yeah, I would say, just to give you my impression of the overall premise of the film... Um, mm. Uh, is that it's basically a premise to get all of this uh, ensemble cast as villains to do their own, you know, like, silly villain archetype or whatever.
1: Right. It was almost like the Suicide Squad premise, like, uh, these guys aren't the good guys, but they'll get the job done. That's
0: true. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But it wasn't actually on their side, like the film bent over backwards at every opportunity to be like, Alright, Nicholas Cage went to jail, but he was sort of justified in the thing that led him to jail, which was involuntary manslaughter, mm-hmm. sort of, and then he's always working throughout the movie on the side of the good, like lawful good, mm-hmm. and then John Cusack's sort of a blandly good character as well, uh, so it's just like the movie's doing somersaults to make sure that you can't be like, you can't say that they're the bad guys, protagonists are still the protagonists.
0: Yeah, it's not making um, an actual villain a protagonist. Yeah, the good guys are still the protagonists. So it's not a full-on Suicide Squad, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, exactly. it definitely has like this ensemble cast all on display.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of really good actors in this, like Steve Buscemi's in this movie, uh, in sort of a weird role, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, Nakovich is obviously a really good actor. Um, uh, yeah, actually pretty much everyone this cast is like
0: Dave Chappelle, O'Brien actor. from Star Trek TNG. Um,
1: oh, yeah. uh, it's Tim O'Brien or whatever his name is. <laughs> and had Vin Grams in a role that I thought wasn't the most appropriate for him. Like uh Vin I feel does better in sort of that same uh you know, same protagonist role where he may be doing some bad things but he's still overall a protagonist. Hmm. Or in this one he's definitely just playing villainous, even though they gave him like this super complicated backstory about how he blew up an N R A group. It's <laughs> like alright to oh, so yeah. sort of try to make it like a weird compelling reason for him to be there and the movie starts with a lot of bombastic Gulf War imagery just like all these like military shots of things blowing up so it's like of course Nick Cage is also a war hero he's coming back to be with his super generic blonde wife
0: oh yeah so at the beginning it's a whole like promo for the army rangers right that's what he was a ranger exactly
1: yeah right so the reason that Nicholas Cage is so incredibly badass throughout the movie is because he actually has all this background and they like go out of their way in the beginning to have him be confronted by like five guys randomly in some bar fight Yes, and he's able to single handedly fend them all off
0: yeah um, he's already a very tough yeah so d- he walks into the bar and just starts making out with his wife and then people just have to then people decide to hit on his wife at that moment as soon as he's with her when it's like obvious they're making out so i feel like that was just ridiculous yeah. um
1: yeah there's all these rednecks that decide to just harass them because they're in there's sort of like rednecky bar and then they're right next to an oil derrick for some reason as soon as they exit they see you see this like big oil pump set where they have a fight in the rain
0: oh yeah so because this is in mobile alabama Nicolas cage puts on a horrible southern accent the entire film
1: Ugh. yeah I hated his accent a lot, which is weird because he was also in Raising Arizona, but he had a pretty good accent in that one. Oh,
0: weird. So non-believable. And yeah, so he kissed, he makes out with his wife, but then also listens to her stomachs. Of course she's pregnant, but also for some reason in a bar. I I mean, I guess I'm fine with that, but just like, uh, it's almost like they wanted to have the whole relationship happen in like two seconds, like... They meet exactly, in, the bar, they kind of in the bar, they kiss in the bar, and then she's pregnant.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I, I want to get back to my wife and kid.
0: Oh, yeah, and so this this movie features the Leanne Rimes song that's like, How do I live without you? I want to know. <laughs> So this film is from
1: 1997,
0: and that song really epitomizes some 90sness right there. So,
1: yeah, it's the horrible late 90s era. Yeah, right. and all, all the films from this era have like this really gross cinematography in them too. It's kind of like almost as if they were filming on VHS, but I know they weren't. But it has that same sort of look of just like what you'd see on TV or something.
0: Oh yeah.
1: It's nothing, like, cinematic, like, the angles are shitty, and the way everything's filmed is just kind of gross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and I did like the insult that the rednecks say to the, to, uh, Nicolas Cage's character. They're just like, you're the reason we lost Vietnam, and I was just like, what?
0: Yeah, he said, <laughs> pussies lost Vietnam.
1: And of course, he must be a future Donald Trump supporter.
0: Yeah, I was like, did Nicolas Cage fight in Vietnam? <laughs>
1: Right, it made no sense. Yeah, I was very confused. Um... Oh, and then I loved, um, so after he accidentally manslaughters he walks into a bar, which sounds like the premise for a bad joke, uh, they cut to his court hearing, and the judge goes on and on about how they can't just try him as a regular civilian because his hands are registered as lethal weapons (laughs) because of all his uh, ranger training.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, I was like, wait. So, be- so he would have gotten a lesser sentence if he weren't a
1: soldier or something. Exactly. So it's like they give him the punishment that befits manslaughter with a lethal weapon or something like that.
0: <laughs> um, oh, one thing I noticed that's Nicholas C- Nick-, Nick Cage's. Um... Like, uh, signature is he'll like yell women's names. So he's like yelling his (laughs) wife's name. He's like, Trisha! And like, he does that in The Wicker Man. He he runs around yelling like the daughter's name, like, Where are you? And so I noticed, yeah, he just like,
1: yeah,
0: yelling people, yelling women's names. Um, punching them in the face. Yep. Only if they're in a bear suit. Uh, yeah. So this is, this, the, uh, courtroom scene is when i really noticed his horrible alabama accent
1: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> or maybe that was in prison so yeah he goes to prison for seven to ten years yeah and he's in an, he becomes an origami expert
1: <laughs> oh yeah he did yeah he, he they show this long weird montage with this horrible like pan through and he grows uh, out
0: his mullet see. from um shorter to really long hair
1: yeah they have Nicolas Cage trying a few different length hair pieces and then they show him like improving his mind he's just like reading a lot and just, like working out and he- he's sitting there calmly reading as there's like a prison riot going on and things are on fire and people like running around in the dark just like yep. going out of their way again to be like this guy is a good dude just yeah unlike the bad, all these other place.
0: criminals
1: they even say at one point in the movie like you're always in the wrong place aren't you <laughs> he just has
0: oh and walks. he's like oh, he's writing like oh wow he's like he's writing letters uh to his kid right and his wife mm-hmm. in this time and yeah I, I i think he has a lot of like run-on sentences in his narration as he's like thinking his letter
1: they're not very good letters i guess We're like, needs rewrite Nicolas Cage's letter. Do you remember what the character's name actually was? Was Wasn't something ridiculous?
0: I know, I keep calling him Nicolas Cage. Um, hold on.
1: Wasn't like Angel, was it?
0: No. Oh, wait, it's Cameron Poe.
1: (laughs) Cameron Poe, yes. It's the worst name. (laughs) They all have ridiculous names, like after they decide they're going to transport him. Um, so basically the premise is on his last day before he goes home, uh, he's set to fly off on this advanced criminal transport airplane. Yeah. So put him ra- just randomly with the worst of the worst. And you find out later it's sort of a conspiracy among the criminals.
0: It's actually a new airline called Con Air.
1: Yeah. So then they have this ridiculous long montage where they introduce all the villainous characters, and they all have ridiculous names. Like uh, Ving Rhames' character is named Diamond Dog. Uh, John Malkovich <laughs> Cyrus the Virus Grissom. He's
0: Cyrus uh, the Virus.
1: Oh, Steve Buscemi's character is named Garland Green, but everyone calls him the Man- the Manetta Mangler.
0: The Mangler.
1: Uh, there's Johnny Twenty Three, who's played by a young Danny Trejo. Um, Danny Trejo. And he's the one who's raped that many people or something like that. There's MC Ganey, Ganey who's the pilot they acquire about halfway through the movie. Uh, and his nickname Swamp Thing, for reasons I don't really understand, because mostly he just flies airplanes and really likes crashing into things.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? that was Dave Chappelle? Or who was Dave Chappelle? Oh, he was an arsonist, but I don't remember his name.
1: It says here he played a character named Pinball. Again, I'm not sure why. Yeah...
0: So everyone's got cute names. Oh, oh, he
1: knocked off a pinball uh, arcade or something like that. Huh. Or he, like, robbed a bank and reset the things with pinball pieces. I don't know. I don't remember. I think we both agreed that the prison actually did him a favor, uh, Nicolas Cage's character, because he just got to skip out on the early baby years.
0: Right, yeah. So he's like, his wife was pregnant the night he involuntarily manslaughtered a man. I don't know. Like, basically, his... He was kind of like, oh, my, his machismo or whatever, his masculinity was threatened because yeah. his wife was just like, let's go. And right, he could have just, just left. Have his
1: wife. Yeah, he could have.
0: Yeah. His wife. Yeah. So that was kind of stupid. Um, but basically, he's supposed to be this great guy who just misses his daughter who he's never met. And she writes some stupid letters And he has, like, a bunny rabbit to give her. That's, like, a pink stuffed bunny or something.
1: Yes. (laughs) That horrible bunny motif that repeats way too much (sighs) throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, this movie is just, like, relying so hard on, like, tropes and cheese.
1: Yeah, I will say the way this movie is written is very, like, formulaic by the book, by the numbers.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's his day to get out. All these... He gets to be trapped in a thing with all these horrendous people. But he does have one friend. Who is that guy?
1: Oh, yeah. So he's with his uh, roommate who has um, diabetes, which becomes a major.
0: Oh, he has insulin. Yeah. Diabetes. This is actually a PSA about keeping insulin um, in like first aid kits and stuff.
1: He had the syringe, but the nail breaks off or something. He loses the nail. So a lot of the movie is Poe just trying to save his life. But then uh, later in the movie, of course, he just gets shot anyway. Although I think he lives.
0: Oh, yeah, he gets like shot right in the front of his body and he just lives somehow.
1: Oh, and the movie also, um, I thought it was really similar in a way to Die Hard, which is funny because then they made um, Air Force One later, which is also Die Hard in the air. Um, Yeah, this was Die Hard in the air. Sort of ordinary guy with a background trapped in this uh, re- trapped in this one location, although the movie opens up in- later, uh, with all these bad guys, and he has to just use his wits. And he goes out of his way to also make the other characters who were trying to help him, like, really idiots, aside from John Cusack. Like, the, um, the Colin Meany character is constantly doing really dumb shit. Like, he's the reason why the criminals escape, in a way, because he put the gun uh, amongst his narc.
0: Yeah, he the guy is going undercover... That made no sense either because it was no. like, um, why would, why would you have to go undercover to, to interview, yeah, someone in prison? Can you just go to their jail cell?
1: Yeah, it made no sense. They would just all be locked up, probably.
0: Yeah, so the premise of why they get, like, a gun on the uh, plane and everything is just ridiculous.
1: So while they're introducing the prisoners, they're also introducing the guard characters, and there's Bishop who goes on to say, she's not don't call her lady because she's not a dog and her her whole through line is she's continually being threatened with rape from danny trejo which i found
0: yeah that was horrible
1: dark premise
0: yeah so johnny 23 has uh sexually assaulted 23 women or more he claims but that's that as many tattoos as he has on his arm and then yeah so he's that's a constant threat throughout the film and this film handles like racism terribly like Um, I mean, they show the cops being racist, but then they also just have all the white prisoners being racist and like nothing ever really happens in retribution for that. Like Nicolas Cage cares about the rape, but not about like
1: the racist language at all, really. Yeah, there's a lot of objectionable and offensive.
0: Oh, but then no, I guess he's his best friend. So it's to contrast with Nicolas Cage to make him look better because he's he's like, oh, I'm friends with a black guy. And I stop women from getting raped or whatever. Yeah, so he's got like, so he's kind of the white savior protagonist or something. I don't know.
1: But yeah, John Malkovich's character is definitely supposed to be a white supremacist. Um, The way he treats yes. Dave Chappelle's character demonstrates this, for example. He just likes some racial epithets.
0: Well, yeah, that's why I was really annoyed. So the uh, at the end, I thought there's going to be some payoff about that. And of course, I mean, John Malkovich's Cyrus the Virus dies, but um the second the guy that was like second in charge oh yeah the guy that was second in charge though was like the guy who's basically a Black Panther or they had a different group name but he bombed a place or whatever uh anyways so he was like telling Nicolas Cage that he was just waiting for his moment to um fuck with John Malkovich basically at the end like he was gonna take power at the end but then he just dies and that doesn't happen.
1: So another thing we should mention is that throughout the movie, basically uh, Nicolas Cage is trying to pretend that he's one of the prisoners while trying to protect the guards and his friend. Yeah, eventually they do find out because of the stupid letter and the rabbit.
0: Oh, yeah. Once the prisoners get out, it's like, for some reason, they keep letting out more prisoners, even though they're all wild cards and like attack each other and shit.
1: Oh, and then there's the Bedlam murderer who they sort of uh, make a really big deal about how what a badass he is. We were like, he even killed the dog. Uh, oh, yeah. He gets taken out really easily later by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <and they're all laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Well, he's his hands are a lethal weapon, Pablo.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Cyrus the virus is called a super killer, whatever that means. A <laughs> <The> super killer. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. There was also the character who's sort of a crossdresser, which they, of course like plays for laughs throughout the movie. But the character oh, did look yeah. pretty cool, though. I will say.
0: Yeah, like I couldn't tell. I was like, well, as, as long as you're not laughing at this character, you're not trying to make them the butt of a joke, then I guess.
1: Fair dues. I I
0: mean, yeah. But I do feel like they were kind of making them the butt of the joke sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think the just the image was supposed to be like, oh my god, like the audience was supposed to think that was funny because it was the late '90s. But I I was reminded sort of favorably towards this movie um, of *The Longest Yard*, that Adam Sandler remake, where they also have a cross-dressing character, (laughs) I think, um, and that one's played a lot more for like the gay scare sort of laughs. Oh god, Adam Sandler, better than this than that one.
0: Wow. Wow, well, there you go.
1: Oh, and we kind of uh, thought that Nakovich's character was almost like the Punisher because he obviously hates the other criminals. He doesn't really care about them and he's trying to kill them.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Cyrus the Virus uh, is like the king of all criminals and is just out for himself.
1: They hide needles in their skin, which is really disturbing in a way.
0: Ew, yeah, that was gross. Oh, and you noticed that... Um, there's like wind blowing in the plane after gunfire, so that there would be pressure changes, oh, yeah, and that plane whole, would not of have stayed flying. About
1: how uh, they don't seem to care about just firing guns willy-nilly in a plane, which of course you should never do because it'll immediately depressurize the cabin, <laughs> and then everyone will just like run out of oxygen really fast or get sucked out. But they pretend it's like not a big deal. Uh, Dave Chappelle's character oh, yeah, exactly. um, sort of sets off this chain of events. He has all this lighter fluid somehow. Just squeezes it onto the person next to him and sets him on fire. Just fucked up.
0: Oh yeah, he's not just an arsonist oh, yeah. of buildings; oh, yeah. he he's an have arsonist a long, of uh, humans. Rattle off of
1: things he's done, um, so that attracts all the attention from the guards, which gives Cyrus the virus and Diamond Dog a chance to escape from their handcuffs. Then they, uh, Odisha, also releases their little cages. So they're easily able to overpower the uh, guards, which is kind of bullshitty. Yeah. And then the, the NARC guy pulls his piece, which he yeah. immediately gets like killed, of course.
0: That was one of the many bad lines in this film. He says, I'm DEA. <laughs> you know what the fuck that means? And someone's
1: like, I'm too old for this shit.
0: Yeah, so that was ridiculous that he, like, jumps out. He's like, I'm DEA, and then gets killed immediately. But the DEA doesn't give a fuck.
1: Oh, and the soundtrack throughout is really amazing. This is, like, all this bombastic um, guitar and, like, like that horrible 90s.
0: (laughs) 90s rockin' soundtrack.
1: Yeah. I was going to say you find out that the virus actually planned this with his buddies um, because he was working with this outside crew who needed three people killed. So, of course, uh, they're easily able to ki- take out the three targets that they needed. Um, so their plan is to link up with another mm-hmm. uh, crew when they de- when they deplane some of the criminals and get some more in exchange. And then they're going to fly to another airfield where there'll be a like long-distance jet so they can make their escape. It's a pretty elaborate plan.
0: Wow, I was not even like paying attention to all this. You paid more attention yeah, to a lot better plot. than me, I think. I did note that the police, like John Cusack um, and O'Brien and them, um, they're like, there's no contingency plans for this. And I was like, wouldn't you plan for that? It's con air. Wouldn't you have a contingency plan for the convicts, like, doing things?
1: Right. It's sort of that bullshitty thing they always do in movies like this where, of course, they didn't tell anyone else. Oh, it's the same exact thing in Face Off, actually, where, <laughs> like, they didn't want any of the bad publicity to get out. So they just, like, go through all this links mm. to co- try to cover it up. Exactly. Oh, and then there's a the ridiculous thing about uh, when they touch down, they send Dave Chappelle to put the um, transponder in a different plane so then uh o'brien and all his guys are flying around in really elaborate um, helicopters but they're chasing the wrong people it's actually just like this travel firm oh right i totally forgot about that I have this ridiculous scene where the planes are like the helicopters like come up out of the mesa and it's just, like this passenger plane and they're freaked the fuck out <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. And then doesn't John Cusack say when he's talking to the police, he's like, no, there, there's no guns on the plane. But the pilots had a gun.
1: Right. So pilots, he like lies yeah. about the fact. One of the pilots comes out with another gun and again is immediately relieved of it. So now the criminals have two guns and easily take up, take over the plane. Yeah. So then they uh, dress up. Some yeah. Of the cops and cover the mouths with uh, duct tape. And basically they yep. switch places with some other criminals. Yeah. So that's how they get uh, the Swamp Thing guy on board who's going to then pilot the plane since they got rid of the actual pilot.
0: Oh, yeah. So they get a guy who can pilot, and they also get Steve Buscemi with a bowl cut.
1: Yes, they load on Steve Buscemi, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, this guy. And it's this whole elaborate uh, Hannibal Lecter thing. He's wearing this uh, face mask, and they have to, like, wheel him on. So this whole like big deal when they find yeah
0: exactly What's this guy about he, well yeah cyrus is all about like just releasing criminals right away so he gets him out and
1: someone asks who he is and then the person says he's christ in a cartoon which made no fucking sense there's so many good lines in this movie
0: oh yeah a lot of lines were there really were really bad yeah oh yeah and let's see uh people in this movie are like very uh willing to just narrate everything so like uh, the virus just tells Cameron Poe his whole plan so that we can learn oh,
1: yeah. it. <laughs> he's like, I want to be on an this, too, because I want to know where we're going. And he's like, oh, in that case, I'll tell you everything. Uh,
0: yeah. And then, like, Nicolas Cage in the beginning when he's going on Con Air, he just, like, tells the um, bishop, like, his the guard his whole story, his whole life story. He's just, like, so willing to tell his whole story on, on the, at the drop of a hat.
1: Yeah. Everyone in this movie is <laughs> randomly, weirdly trusting Including everyone who has any encounters uh, yes. with the Garland Green character.
0: Oh, yeah, with Steve Buscemi. So, wait, what was Steve Buscemi's thing? He Does he eat children or he kills children? I think he's
1: just, like, an equal opportunity psycho. He just, like, said he killed entire families and stuff. But, yeah, he has, like, a predilection for children or something.
0: Oh, he was the one who killed the dog. Okay, right. Huh. He even killed the dog. Um. Yeah, and so while all of this is happening, um, John Cusack goes to get... Uh, Nicolas Cage's wife to fly her in a jet someplace um, so like I don't understand why she had to go anywhere
1: <laughs> Nicholas Cage sneaks this uh, the tape recorder the undercover cop was wearing he sneaks it onto the pilot's uh, body when he's exiting because he's dressed in the prison fatigue so he can't speak so he does that and then that's mm-hmm. how when they're pulling away in the bus everyone realizes that something's up with this whole thing so Nicolas Cage is finding secret ways to like, oh. warn everyone, uh, and then later in the movie, so as the plane's taking off again after having refueled, Dave Chappelle's like running to catch up with it, but they just leave him behind. And then later you find out that he died horribly aboard them ins- instead. Somehow he just like managed to squeeze on, but maybe there wasn't air.
0: Oh yeah, he was like up in the, yeah, up underneath it somehow.
1: So then Nicolas Cage using his wits again. Um, he has to take on one of the really evil oh, ones. Oh God, this uh, scene! And he kills that guy, and then he writes a message under Chappelle's body and pushes him out. And there's this ridiculous scene where the body crashes into the middle of traffic onto this like van with a the family. And then everyone's like, "Oh my God!" And, like crashing into each other, and it's just, like ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it was like I can't even believe that was a scene. And then like the someone's like, "We got a problem here with a corpse" as it crashes into the car. And then, yeah, so basically, John Cusack is, all re- without even meeting Nicolas Cage, they are, like, having a bromance because O'Brien wants to just blow up the plane. Yeah. And, like, John Cusack is like, no, there's a good guy on the plane. It's Nicolas Cage. He threw the corpse off the plane. It all points to him.
1: The only way to stop a bad guy with a plane is a good guy with a plane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, yeah John
1: Cusack's <laughs> character, I guess, it's like a expert on uh, characters, so he just somehow knows that Nicholas Cage is helping them. Who will help us for some reason?
0: Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So basically, they find uh, when they also find Dave Chappelle's body in the bottom of the plane, they also find the parole letter and the bunny rabbit, yeah. the uh, stuffed animal. Um, and so that gives nicholas cage away so although he's been leaving clues now he's screwed and all he wants is to get his friend insulin meanwhile too
1: yeah the jig is up um and then uh oh they also used the body i thought this was kind of ingenious they used it to triangulate the where the plane was like this i sort of mapped it from where it left to where the body landed and we're like okay so the plane must be heading in this uh heading
0: holy shit yes oh wait and yeah so like you said sorry he killed that guy uh, in the plane so again he killed a guy quote-unquote in self-defense but i think he keeps i think he's kind of doing it because he likes it
1: oh my god (laughs) maybe he's the most evil one of all he like just engineers it so that he's always in the right place to just murder people
0: he's convinced he's right yeah holy shit
1: just blew this case wide open
0: wow exactly
1: but yeah, no one in this film is just evil. They're all like Suicide Squad-esque levels of cartoony evil.
0: Well, I thought that uh, Steve Buscemi's character was unforgivable, but they tried to make him forgivable. Like, But he says, one girl, I drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. Oh uh, yeah, that was
1: disturbing. And stupid.
0: So, he's pretty bad.
1: Um, yeah, they just uh, he's the most coherent and cogent speaker on the plane, aside from John Malkovich. Who's probably more insane, but... Mm. Yeah, they're trying to make him likable. Yeah.
0: I feel like they're picking out the white guys, the white convicts, as the smart ones or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah, they are. Huh. This movie is really racist Jews. (laughs) Yeah, everyone who does something of real value, aside from Dave Chappelle in this movie, is white.
0: Right, they're the, still the protagonists, sort of, or,
1: yeah. Yeah, the other ones just sort of offer support.
0: Not the sidekicks.
1: Um. So, yeah, then the plane uh, managed to make it to this elaborate airplane cemetery, just like all these junked liners and stuff. <laughs> and that's where they're going to meet their contact people, so they can switch to the uh, heavy-duty airline jet, so they can fly uh, transcontinental. John Cusack managed to make it there, driving his fancy car. Um, It's like super fancy car.
0: Yeah, John Cusack's been on the chase really hardcore.
1: Oh, oh, uh, and Steve Buscemi also reveals that he only kills people out of necessity. That's what he claims to oh. but that it excites him. So that almost does sound exactly like our theory about Nicolas Cage being a secret murderer.
0: Oh, there's no difference between them. But then what's interesting is that john cusack believes um that what happened to Nicolas cage could have happened to any one of us because he was just defending himself so that means all of us could be steve buscemi
1: yeah this movie is a broad condemnation of the human nature it says if any of us in the wrong place at the wrong time had to we could and would kill and we'd probably get off on it
0: yeah John Cusack said, you're not such a bad guy, just always in the wrong place at the wrong time. This
1: movie was co-written by <laughs> Jean-Paul Sartre. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like all of life is pop culture, but all it means is that we're evil inside. True human nature is murderous. Speaking of human nature, I thought it was really weird that a lot of people in this movie would be future alums of Charlie Kaufman films. Both John Malkovich mm-hmm. and John Cusack were in being John Malkovich, and then Nicolas Cage was an Adaptation. Uh, but maybe they all just had the same agent, and then he just, like, worked it together. <laughs> yeah. So John Cusack is constantly almost dying. He makes it up to this tower to send a message. Then the plane, like, fucking crashes through it. Like, one of the wings just demolishes it, and he just barely ducks in time.
0: I don't even understand, but there's, like, a lot of explosion and chase sequences with, like, slow-moving planes on tarmacs.
1: and. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some very I, yeah, slow sequences. Yeah, I don't even know. Sequences. <laughs> oh and yeah. i love this line from the pilot character swamp thing or whatever he's he says it's time mm-hmm. to fight fuck or hit the fence so they decide to hit the fence
0: <laughs> okay well i have a quote i liked from cameron poe he said it's not exactly my ties and yahtzee out here let's do it
1: oh yeah that was hilarious <laughs> and then someone's like and that's the sound i of was like what's silence. the
0: connection between my
1: <laughs> no i do think that was the best line
0: uh, okay sorry oh and cyrus the virus just says make a move and the bunny gets it because he's threatening the <laughs> stuffed animal
1: oh yeah so then cameron poe and john cusack have a tense uh standoff they find the hangar where the other bad guys that john makovich was trying to meet are hiding um, so they sort of have a Mexican mm-hmm. standoff where he's like, "Why are you doing this?" and they hash it out. <laughs> and we were, and I thought it was funny <laughs> because Nicolas Cage had the chance to send a message to his wife, and I thought the best mes- message he could send is, "If I had the chance to do it all over again, I would definitely still kill that guy."
0: Oh yeah, did, wait, did he say that, no, or that's just, just what he should say? Said.
1: In retrospect, I would definitely yeah, kill that guy. Yeah, he still, still.
0: would have killed that guy. <laughs>
1: and i do it again but there's like way too many characters in this movie there's like so many secondary and tertiary characters and they almost all have speaking roles which i thought was weird because usually in hollywood movies they try not to have people speak so they don't have to pay them as much
0: yeah everyone gets like a horrible one-liner at least some horrible punchline
1: right so this is all after the the plane has crashed down they didn't they weren't able to stop it the right way so the plane is finally out of commission and this is when the movie sort of pivots to this new location for a little while. And then there's this whole elaborate ending sequence. But meanwhile, while all this is going on, um, Steve Buscemi's character has this really creepy subplot where he's uh, basically <laughs> tracked down this little girl who's just having a tea party in an empty pool.
0: Yeah, why is she alone near this airport? Nothing about it made I just any don't sense. even understand. Just
1: this like, really convoluted plot line and they just like keep teasing uh, by having the girl sing like you got that the he's whole gonna world kill in- her I got the whole world in my hands and the cinematography yeah like, really she's creepy. like sing
0: with me got the whole world in <laughs> his hands
1: so it's just like is Steve gonna kill this girl or do something horrible to her uh, and even by the end they like keep teasing it uh, maybe he did maybe he didn't but you find out at the end that he didn't
0: maybe the because he was like he was like, how do I live without <laughs> you? Don't die now. Sorry. maybe Yeah, maybe he yeah he finally saw the light of not killing people. And somehow this is supposed to redeem him wearing a girl as a hat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the uh, gangsters or whatever they are who John Malkovich was meeting try to fly off in an mm-hmm. airplane. John Cusack throws this very convenient (laughs) cable onto the plane which causes it to explode and that's when we have the super elaborate scene of Nicolas Cage running away from an exploding building as the music swells
0: yeah cool guys do not look at the explosion. meanwhile
1: John Cusack is just blown back by the jet
0: yeah oh my gosh that's true um yeah and let's see so his friend that needs the insulin kind of like sacrifices himself for no reason like he gets a sudden wait death wait, wait. i said it
1: wrong uh now i remember what happened it was um cyrus the virus uh manages to stop the plane and the gangster comes out and he's like pleading with him for mercy and he's like
0: cy anara Yeah, his name
1: is Sai, so he's like Sai anara it's <laughs> another stupid Sai
0: anara yeah you have to have that one line punch
1: so he just throws a lit match. He just throws a lit match onto all the airline fluid and just like goes up into flames. And that's what causes the big explosion. The big flame wall. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're sort of moving into the end game, which is uh, Cyrus the Virus has all his henchmen post up in various places. They're going to sort of trap all the DA people who are coming to kill them. They make like a <laughs> kill zone basically, like this area in the middle. Uh, they have John Malkovich make this like a model. And someone's like, and what's this rock supposed to represent? And he's like, it's a rock. <laughs>
0: he's like, that's a rock. Yeah. Wow. Hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, they've got a plan. There's a yet another, like, slow speed plane crashing, driving through Las Vegas scene.
1: Yeah, that scene is actually really elaborate. There's, like, several different types of cars careening through. Um, I believe Cyrus the Virus and co. are, like, driving this big utility vehicle that's just sort of, like, crashing into everything.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of these kinds of scenes John throughout. John Cusack
1: is trying to, trying to pull him over, basically.
0: Oh, and then when does Poe say, I'm going to show you God does exist? Oh, when his friend thinks that God doesn't exist or something.
1: Right, so yeah, uh, Baby-O gives up the whole thing. Uh, so he like takes a bullet for uh, Cameron Poe, I believe. Um, so it's like, what the fuck was the point of all that? And he's like, uh, God doesn't exist because I'm going to die anyway, even though you got the diabetes, the insulin in time. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to prove to you that God does exist. And that's when he, like, turns into super heroic mode. And he's finally just going to take out all the all the bad guys. Yeah. Cameron fucking Poe.
0: Yeah, he's like, God country and blonde women or something. That's
1: America. Fuck <laughs> yeah. I'm going to prove to you the theological existence of God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's been reading a, a lot. Rhetoric. He knows about this now. Oh, yeah, we're gonna discuss he's philosophy. philosophy. As we're bleeding out. Oh my god! So, but don't worry, the friend does survive somehow.
1: One thing I thought was sort of funny, or like I felt bad about laughing at, was um, the DA or whoever storm the plane, like what's left of the crew, and someone just like bitch slaps the, the sort of cross dressing person.
0: <laughs> so I oh, felt bad gosh. for laughing at
1: it, but it was kind of funny. Jeez.
0: Oh, and the female guard, uh, Bishop, her her one-liner is, next time, take the bus.
1: Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Because oh. she's
0: like, don't fly con air.
1: <laughs> oh, and as they're crashing around through Vegas, there's this like really obvious and shitty Hard Rock Cafe product placement. Like They just have a shot over it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, of course.
1: And then they finally crash into the uh, Lucky Sevens.
0: They make fun of police having donuts. What was that? Uh, they just have like police like driving off, and then like a donut falls to the ground.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like jump into hot pursuit. I have to finish my donut.
0: So, this movie is just like let's stereotype everyone.
1: Uh, and then at the end, Cameron posts like check you out at the hospital. To uh, guard and yeah, Green.
0: I wrote in my notes that for oh my god oh jeez but yeah for some reason he's more competent than everyone else at catching criminals like he just has to single-handedly go down the tarmac and like save the day
1: oh and we forgot the most ridiculous part which is as the bad guys are getting away in a fire truck oh yeah the fire truck cameron poe and John cusack jump onto some fucking police bikes and they have this whole police bike chase
0: yeah with the fire
1: truck and somehow uh, one of them bails off of the motorcycle and like sends the motorcycle into the police truck and just explodes immediately into this insane fireball. Oh,
0: oh, see, you pay you were able to pay more attention. There's
1: this whole like crash into an overhanging bridge and just all this uh, debris.
0: I just was like everything escalated quickly and explosions again. Money's raining down all of a sudden because it's Vegas.
1: Oh, I didn't get that at all
0: there's like yeah dollar bills raining down
1: they they make a really big show of uh proving to you that john malkovich is dead somehow he ends up under this industrial like pump looking thing and it just like crushes his head so he didn't die from the crash or like crashing into all these buildings he dies because this random industrial thing is there
0: holy shit that's some
1: existentialist shit Oh, and right at the end, they make sure to show you that uh, they show the rabbit dolls about to go into the sewer. Oh, yeah. Cameron reaches his hand down and saves it. So he's still not done saving the day.
0: And so, yeah, so he gets the bunny. He gets to see his daughter and his wife. But the last scene is Steve Buscemi, like, smiling and being free and happy.
1: Right. Oh, they do uh, another re- reprise <laughs> of the How Do I Live Without You song, which is equally ridiculous the second time. <laughs> and then, yeah, somehow Steve Buscemi just got away scot-free and we're supposed to feel happy about it, even though he's this unrepentant, all-around horrible person.
0: Yeah, he just didn't kill one person and he gets off. I didn't understand that at all.
1: So I don't know, this movie is like... In one hand, it's really shitty, but it's really shitty in that way that's amazing. I'd put in sort of the same category as uh, like Mission Possible 2 or uh, I don't know, any of these cr- trashy things. It was almost like the pre genesis of the fast and the furious franchise in a way Hmm. it's like super over the top like so bad it's good
0: yeah there were uh like they thought or like um james bond like where they think about all these ridiculous chase scenes with however many different vehicles you can incorporate into the chase scene
1: so yeah i mean if a movie's job is just to entertain you then i would say this is an amazing movie
0: yeah it
1: was extremely formulaic and generic and the dialogue was all horrible the plot was pretty dumb
0: right yeah all that's true i guess if you just want to sort of laugh at like american
1: values or something it's pretty silly i really really thought this was a michael bay movie and i was surprised to find out that it wasn't
0: yeah the juxtaposition of all the explosions and the how do i live without you
1: it's also america the explosions the fucking mullet fanning in the flames. Uh, the weird racial overtones. Yep. The fact that you're supposed to be happy about Steve Buscemi getting away.
0: Yeah, the sexual overtones, the racial overtones, the um. The fact that they make, they delineate good and bad, so obviously. But yet they don't because they are basically, if, if John Cusack is saying there's no difference between him and Nicolas Cage, and there's no difference between Nicolas Cage and Steve Buscemi, mm. then it's like then they are saying that we're all the same or something. I don't know. (laughs) It's
1: like community. Is man good or is man evil?
0: Yeah, exactly. What better man, not I? (laughs) This movie, Con Air, discusses that question. Yeah, it was actually deeply philosophical. It
1: was like my dinner with Andre. I put those two movies in the same category.
0: Yeah, it was that level, actually. Except instead of two characters, it's like as many characters as you could fit in a two-hour film or however long it is
1: yeah it was way too many characters which is weird because all of the um, environments were deeply claustrophobic but i'm just saying if you're gonna do self-contained environments then it really helps to narrow down the scope of the characters otherwise it just gets muddied
0: yeah it was like yeah fast and the furious does a better job of keeping it as like a team so the ensemble cast is okay but this was just like all over the place with characters.
1: I'm just amazed at how much money they clearly threw at this movie. Like they really locked it down with having all the cameos and weird side characters.
0: Yeah, I couldn't believe so many people are in this.
1: Yeah, just imagine how many really intimate, uh, well-written indie projects could have been made with the same Wait, budget. its
0: budget was $75 million? and it made 224 million at the box
1: office holy shit so this was a mega hit
0: and it was a summer yeah it's like a summer blockbuster june 6 1997
1: okay i take everything back this is a great movie (laughs) it proves the blockbuster (laughs) uh, format works
0: truly part of americana
1: you just throw enough money at a thing and it'll be good (laughs) just like titanic and all those other movies we love
0: this is Actually, this is what um, Winter's Tale should have done by getting a better ensemble cast. <laughs>
1: That's actually true in this case. Yeah, if, <laughs> if they had a better romantic lead, even, that would have been really great. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, well, the, the lady and the girl were just there, I don't know. They were there for, like, two seconds, I guess.
1: Oh, they sucked. She was just, like, a super generic lady. And, oh, at the end, I thought the daughter should have been like, Ew, mommy, daddy's gross. <laughs>
0: yeah. Can daddy get a haircut? Ew. But
1: it's almost like, (laughs) does he even look worse than Bruce Willis? Did in Die Hard? I think they are about equivalent. But yeah, I think this movie really opened the door for uh, Nicolas Cage to go full bore crazy for the next decade or so. Without this movie, I doubt we would have gotten National Treasure or Bangkok Dangerous or The Wicker Man or any of these bug shit crazy movies.
0: Oh, this film actually, this film predicted National Treasure because John Malkovich has a line that says this is no way to treat a National Treasure. And I was like, book of secrets?
1: Oh yeah, and I totally forgot, but they search his uh, prison room and they find this last Vitruvian codex. And it was totally oh, like shit. the Vinci code. They show how he used like random lines in the Bible or something to write a message to his uh, groupies. And that's how he managed to put this whole plot together.
0: Oh yeah. How did he get the bomb to go off too when they opened it or something? Yeah, there's
1: some <laughs> elaborate chemical uh, reaction that happens. It just explodes them all. <laughs> just too clever for everyone but again i do think john yeah. malkovich's acting was one of the best parts of this movie he was really fun to watch in this one
0: yeah <laughs> I, yeah i mean <laughs> i i guess i felt like yeah everyone was just like it was trying to be like oh look at all these villains on parade yeah don't you want to like any of them and i was like no i don't like any of them
1: <laughs> yeah it definitely was um I actually think this is a movie they should maybe remake. I think it could be really good. Yeah, if not so racist and, like, sexist and whatever. So, do you have any final thoughts or any other things you want to discuss about this movie? Let's see. I
0: guess this movie proves that God is real
1: that man is evil and murderous
0: and that man is evil and murderous so what does that say about God Except for
1: Steve character who suddenly does a reverse <laughs> for no apparent reason oh it's cause Poe proved the existence of God
0: holy shit he proved the existence of God so man is good
1: or God is good
0: or Garland is Poe and they're two sides of the same coin oh
1: my fuck you're right Garland Green is God <laughs> holy exactly. shit exactly this movie's secretly <laughs> brilliant i've been realizing yes <laughs> but yeah i don't think this movie could have been made anywhere except for america in the late 90s
0: yes you should definitely include this in a list of movies to see from 1997
1: oh definitely and if michael bay wants to stop subjecting us to fucking transformers movies he should definitely take a shot at remaking this making it even bigger and worse Oh, yeah. With all the 2000s action stars.
0: Yeah, this would benefit from uh, Michael Bay explosions, I think. One of the few things that would.
1: Yeah. Or read CGI shit. Oh, yes, yeah, CGI. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess like this film, um, it's not sympathetic to people in prison per se, because a lot of them are sort of bad, unlikable characters. Oh, no, it's not. And then it is tries the to Black. redeem Steve Buscemi. But I was like, yeah, exactly. It's not Orange is the New Black. I was like, all these people have done like really bad things. They're not like most people in prison you know
1: right if anything this movie is deeply pro the prison industrial complex even though it seems like most of the people working for the prisons are idiots
0: right but it's because they go out of their way to prove how good Nicolas cage is in contrast to all these other people
1: yeah it's definitely set definitely the message of this movie is these people are evil they do deserve to be in prison and also most of them happen to be black or latin it's a subtle message there
0: yeah that's the lesson of this film
1: oh god (laughs) I think the message of this movie is Cameron fucking Poe will prove the theological existence of God. <laughs> yes,
0: that's true. <laughs> Through his actions, he has proved God.
1: Someone um, someone had a concept for making a movie like this, but with a superhero, uh, Green Arrow, like the one from the TV show. And I thought that mm-hmm. would actually be a really clever way to do the same premise again. Uh, only that time it was like... Huh. Um, the superhero would be locked up in a prison and just have to fight his way out basically so if uh if nick cage is up to doing that movie he definitely should yeah
0: <laughs> no he only likes Kellel, not the green arrow sorry
1: <laughs> but yeah i think everyone involved in making this movie deserves to die <laughs> just kidding
0: oh jeez. i just
1: wanted to quote um uh samuel jackson
0: okay well it was good chatting with you
1: yeah i'm glad we saw this amazing horrible movie which i think i've only ever seen partially on tv and never all the way through and i'm glad i finally did because it's so bad good yeah
0: it recommend? was very it was a lot more entertaining than some things we've watched for this podcast
1: oh yeah <laughs> the pacing was actually the best part for sure all right well um, <laughs> signing off for this episode of cinemazing chats i'm pablo and i'm erica see y'all on the flip side <laughs>